Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host. Well, folks, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, shall I? Do you know that today is National Relaxation Day? And my co-host does not celebrate this holiday because, well, she doesn't work for a public sector union. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Hey, how are you, Sheila? David, I'm doing great. It was so great to see you over the weekend at the Democracy Fund Student Journalism Conference. Yes. Um, it, it's a strange phenomenon friends out there in the internet world. David Mendes has two groups of super fans. <laughs> Women who are slightly older than me. He is in the bloodstream, something else with those women. I don't, I hope it doesn't happen to me, but I'm prepared that it might, that my, like my taste in men might harden off in a direction I don't expect could happen, but also youngsters, like young people under the age of 22 aspiring journalists. They cannot get enough of David Menzies. You captivated those students. What do you mean you didn't know that? The same thing happened at last year's Democracy Fund Student Journalism Conference. I get up there. They're like, okay, thank you, Sheila. Okay, thank you for the talk. And then David Menzies comes up and it's like standing ovation walking in, standing (laughs) ovation walking out. Everybody wants to take his pictures. It's like uh, a rock star walking in the room. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks, I'll be... I'll be here all weekend to help you with your stuff, but okay, good job, David. Oh my God. Sheila, I think you're exaggerating. I I think they were merely tolerating me. (laughs) No, they were were captivated. (laughs) I was there all weekend, right? I was hosting the thing, um, uh, you know, because the Democracy Fund put it on and I was sort of the MC of the whole thing. So I got to see the reception of all of the speakers, including myself. Um, and I think it was you and then probably Avi Yamini. Surprisingly, Yankee too was well received and he kept it brief. But it, was also, it, was, it was also quite shocking. Yankee like kept her to half an hour. I was like, where, where's this skill and why isn't he using it in staff meetings? But you had the kids laughing the entire time they were captivated by what you're wow. saying and what you're showing them um but i think that speaks in uh it, it's just a, a symptom of who and what you are and the way you are you epitomize the happy warrior of rebel news well am i in a dream i'm pinching myself i'm like the kid in the polar express i want to believe but am i is this all a dream i'm on a train to no, the I was there. north pole <laughs> to meet santa claus that is so super kind of you uh sheila you gave me the most wondrous introduction and i think it was uh, safe to say that was another successful event we put on and yeah. uh, i gotta tell you before we get into the meat and potatoes i i was joking around about National Relaxation Day. I don't know who comes up with these things, but, you know, I mentioned public sector unions, and there's two things, at least in Ontario, that indicate the end of summer. One is the Canadian National Exhibition, which opens in Toronto uh, this Friday, which basically says this is the last two weeks to Labor Day, so uh, you 
use it or lose it, that's it. Summer is unofficially coming to an end. And the other sure sign that we're heading into uh, the work grind and summer is just going to be a cemental, sentimental object in the rearview mirror, uh, Sheila, is that the teachers' unions Every are year. saber rattling. <laughs> Unbelievable. The audacity. Yeah. And you know what? Once again, they're already saying it. I, like, it makes me laugh out loud, or LOL, as the kids say. It's all about the kids. It's all about yeah. the kids, right? You know what? If that were the case, Sheila, I would like to see in our lifetimes, just once, the teachers' unions um, announcing their strike mandate in summertime. So in July and August, that's when they're picketing uh, the schools and the school board headquarters. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we got to work on our tans while the sun is out. Uh, so we always wait to cause maximum disruption of our shareholders, i.e., you know, the parents who pay for their salaries. So we wait for school to dig in and then we pull the plug. It is absolutely shameless. And why is it this deal can never get done, Sheila? It's never enough. The money's never enough. The benefits are never enough. The amount of holidays are never enough. I, am, I don't have kids in the school system anymore, Sheila, but I'm just sick and tired of this garbage that, you know, come the end of August, already they're playing the boo-hoo card. And for the kids, we have to seriously disrupt uh, your lives despicable. I think this is a uniquely Ontario phenomenon. Hmm. And uh, this doesn't happen as frequently in Alberta because we have the most diverse school system in the country here. Hmm. Um, and, and for a bunch of people who care about diversity, the left absolutely hates it. So we have <laughs> private schools that are do not have a barrier to entry so that kids from a lower socioeconomic background can get access to the same level of education as rich parents do because the funding follows the child. We have uh, fully, um, fully public Catholic schools. We have the public system, which uh, makes me wonder, like, why? Like, why would you send your kid there when you have other options like our charter school system? So you have these charter academies that pop up all over the place because kids don't do well in cookie cutter schools. I have three kids. All three are totally different. Why would I send them to uh, a cookie cutter education when your kids are not cookie cutter kids? Um, and, uh, you know, Tamara and I were talking because she and I, she and I'm not going to do a commercial for this school, but I discovered it over the weekend talking to my friend, Derek Fildebrandt from the uh, Western Standard. And he told me about this school and uh, it blew my mind. But this is, uh, I'm going to drop it in the live stream Slack channel team. I just, I, I, I'm, I can't even believe this kind of school exists. So I just want to show it to you. It's the Calgary Classical Academy. Hmm. And this is, when you hear about, like, I'm just going to read some things from the front page. Okay, so Calgary Classical Academy. The Calgary Classical Academy, this is it's part of our charter school system. So it's one of these academies. It's a specialized academy. There's no barrier to entry. It's fully funded. It's tuition free. And we have military academies, hockey academies, sports academies, dance academies. And you can send your kid there 
in Alberta, tuition-free, generally speaking. And the left says, no, 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 we don't need those. We just don't want you in a boring, gross, uh, Soviet-style public school. So listen to this. This Once you read what these schools are about, this one in particular, you'll figure out why the left doesn't want you to send your kids there. Calgary <laughs> Classical Academy is a tuition-free classical charter school serving grades K to 8. Uh, we offer academically rigorous, traditional liberal arts education, equipping students with the virtues, knowledge, and habits benefiting free, I think it's free citizens, it says? Yeah, yeah free citizens. Okay, perfect. So I jumped ahead. A classical education aims to preserve, transmit, and build upon the wisdom of past generations, not to dismantle or repudiate it. It relies on knowledge-rich curricula, teacher-led classrooms, and is centered on great and enduring works of art, literature, and philosophy. Um, through the study of classical works from around the world, world student, students nurture a sense of philosophical wonder. They learn to inhabit different perspectives, think deeply about life's most fundamental questions, and develop intellectual, moral, and aesthetic discernment. Although acad academically rigorous, a true liberal arts education is not limited to making students narrowly useful or equipping them for material success. Recalling Confucius, we hold that an educated person is not a tool. Children are not merely future workers. They are future friends, spouses, neighbors, parents, and citizens. They are bearers of souls which thirst after knowledge of the true and the good. A classical education prepares students not only to live, but to live virtuously and with purpose. Uh, that, that is a free school in Calgary. And uh, to your point, no wonder the left hates it. And good for Calgary, Sheila, because exactly. I can tell you in Toronto, uh, these kind of... Um, I don't, I don't know what definition you use, but specialized schools for overachievers, if you will, they're in the process of being rolled back and shut down. Uh, we don't want to uh, celebrate exceptionalism here at the Toronto District School Board. We just want to lecture you on what a racist uh, you are and, um, you know, have everybody in one, as you said, uh, Soviet-style collective class. Um, and that is, you know, so again, good for Calgary. Would you want to correct you on one thing, Sheila, you forgot one other choice of school that is growing all over North America. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Homeschooling. Homeschooling, you know. And, and by the way, uh, it, and some exceptional kids are coming out of homeschooling. I believe there was two um, gals out of the Edmonton area that went right into um, major disciplines at the University of Toronto, um, actually skipping high school classes. They were, you know, uh, young teenage girls. And I, I tip my hat to all those parents that can homeschool. I couldn't do it. I would, you know what I'd be, Jill? I'd be like, I'd be the guy that'd go, sons, uh, put on um, the National Geographic channel. It's Shark Week. We're going to learn about fish. <laughs> It'll be a test later. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm going off shopping. <laughs> so. I'm going to mow the, la the grass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. That's true. And homeschooling has really grown. It was growing before the pandemic, dissatisfied students. But post-pandemic, it is really growing because parents were told, you can do the job as a teacher. Yep. And so they did. And a lot of parents were quite alarmed. For the first time in a long time, parents started paying attention to what their kids were learning in school because they were forced to be the ones to teach it. And so I think some of what we're seeing at these school board meetings is backlash from parents suddenly becoming more aware of what's happening in the classroom because they were forced to teach it because uh, 
teachers, unions thought small children were disease vectors for some yep. reason during the pandemic. And so parents are more involved than ever. They are taking control of their children's education, either through uh, homeschooling or by their activism at the school boards. And so uh, while the pandemic was kind of a, a bad thing, I think um, this might be the lemonade from the lemons of all of that. Oh, Sheila, you're so right. And I think it, the school boards are so to blame for this because we see so many of them, and especially in Ontario, they are rancid. They are being yeah. operated by woke liberal Marxists. And parents are seeing things like uh, drag queen story time, uh, the radical trans agenda being championed, um, I, I'm, pornography. And no, I don't yep. exaggerate, folks. Uh, books with themes like incest and pedophilia in them in elementary yep. school board libraries and concerned parents go to the school board and raise questions. And they call the police, these bastard trustees, to have them hauled out like they're Nilly terrorists. In fact, um, uh, we know that in the U.S. they're suffering through this. And uh, what wasn't it the, the Department of Justice or FBI agents referring to, uh, you know, uppity parents about the curricula as um, domestic terrorists? Can you yeah. imagine, Sheila? Yeah, like an like an Al Qaeda terrorist cell. That's <laughs> how they were treating parents. Uh, that's the state of progressivism these days. We're 13 minutes into the show. We haven't told anybody what we're doing. This was not on the list of things that's that. We were right. supposed to talk about. We're just I freelancing. Took us on the, yeah, and I took us on this tangent because I was so excited to learn about the Calgary Classical Academy um, from Derek Fildebrandt. My mind was blown. I was like, if I were in Calgary, this is where my kids would be going because not only does it offer the classical education, but outdoor education and rigorous um, physical education. I was like, this is how you get a well-rounded citizen. Anyway, and I'm not doing an ad for that academy, but I think that is why the left wants. Uh, to really push and move Alberta away from this excellent uh, diverse education system and just make it the Soviet style education system where you just crank out future uh, NDP voters and liberal voters and instead of free thinkers. Anyway, we should get into what we're doing today. So this is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's hosted by my friend David Menzies most days and a rotating cast of co-hosts, including myself today. And it allows us to talk about the news completely unscripted, including news that was not on the list of things that we were supposed to talk about, like what I just did. Um, but that is the uh, nature of live TV. Uh, it allows us to interact with each other, but it also allows us to interact with you, the viewer, and allows you, the viewer, to support the work that we do here uh, completely willingly, uh, voluntarily. Volunteerism, it rules over here. So if you're watching us on YouTube, great. Thank you. We appreciate your loyalty to the brand here. But if you are watching us on YouTube and you would like to contribute to the work that we do here at Rebel News, while we give you your say, might I suggest you move over to another platform like Rumble or Odyssey. On Rumble, we've got something called a Rumble Rant. That's their paid chat. On Odyssey, it's called a Hyper Chat. If you drop us, I think it's $5 US is sort of the barrier for entry. However, sometimes we read chats that if we have time, time permitting, that are under that barrier, but also sometimes we read the free chats. So this is your inspiration to continue to uh, talk to each other, but to also talk to us in the comments thread and in the live chat on Rumble. Like I said, it's called Rumble Rant on Odyssey. It's called the Hyper Chat, and we will read those 
throughout the show. Um, but normally I kind of leave them till the end because I'm trying to get you people to stay till the very end. So <laughs> if you want to get to the comment section, stay till the very end. At least that's how I like to run the show. And I think that's it. I'll throw it back to David. And I think the first thing is um, another um, opportunity stolen from high-performing women by mediocre men. You know, Sheila, once again, transanity on the sporting field continues to take lease. And the ultimate victim category is biological females. I'm getting sick and tired of this garbage. Uh, we just went through... Um, Ash Davis, you know, folks, he's the male lesbian who identifies as a female. And what a his, scam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, it's unbelievable. Um, Nothing changes but the pronouns and his uh, the level at which he performs, right? Once That's upon it. a time, Sheila, we had things called mental asylums. That's where people like that were. Oh, see, uh, I don't think he's crazy. I think he's crazy like a fox. It could be. Um, but you know what? Um, I've been doing a little research on this dude, and I'll, I'll save that powder uh, for now. But um, why is it, you know, especially it's egregious in rugby because the international governing body um, has laid down the law going back three years ago. Trans women, yeah, no. i.e. a man no. pretending to be a woman, can't play with biological women for obvious reasons. There's one of his tackles. His tackles are so vicious, by the way, folks. He routinely that didn't actually look That didn't actually look that great. Like he should have alligator rolled that girl, but I don't want to give him any advice. <laughs> yeah, don't give him any ideas. But again, um, so here's the question. And I don't know what the rules are when it comes to powerlifting. And I think we have a video here. Yet again, a trans-identified male not only competing, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed, but setting a woman's powerlifting record in Manitoba the other day. Oh, you don't say, gee, I wonder, I wonder how he was able to do that. Kind of like how Liar Thomas was uh, winning races, whereas when he competed as a he, which he is, he still got his male junk after all, um, he was a mediocre middle of the pack contender. What You know what? I have more contempt in my heart, Sheila, for the authorities that are allowing this to happen, like the wimps and the wokesters at Rugby Ontario and Rugby Canada going, oh, it's human rights. That's why we can't do anything about this. Um, oh, and law. They use the word law. Uh, do you mean law law or do you mean kangaroo court uh, Ontario human rights tribunal law? Because here's the thing. Let's put it to the test. And you pointed Let's out, and we have out. to do yep. a story on this. In your neck of the woods in Alberta, there was some boy scamming the system as a rugby player there. Uh, and the Rugby Association in Alberta, to its credit, unlike Rugby Ontario, which has only issued a gag order to its parents. Don't talk about this. Uh, much like uh, Josh Windsor, he's the president of the Windsor County Rugby Club, who threatened female players with criminal arrest criminal arrest if they hurt the feelings of ash davis can you believe this folks but in alberta they got that kid that boy out of the uh, the girls rugby so here we go again with powerlifting why don't we just show the video to see how egregious this actually is and anyone watching from what home, i understand pardon 200 me? from what i understand 
This dude lifted 210 pounds more, more. than the strongest more than the strongest female competitor. Yeah, so shame on whoever is this. running powerlifting because this should not happen. Look at this. Does this guy even remotely resemble a female? But you know, in, in Blackface's Canada, uh, I think therefore I am. And that can be a, a different gender, a different sex, what have you. So let, let's watch this fiasco. Who's cheering for this? And you know, Sheila? Who the, who the F is cheering for this stuff? They should be booing this cheater. Just because the barbell or the weights are pink on the bar does not mean that you're a lady, but apparently that's all that you need at Powerlifting Canada. Sheila, this is the other part of the problem. As I said, going back to that original Fergus game when they hosted Burlington, that assignment rattled me. And when I say that, I don't mean because of the F-bombs I was receiving from the Fergus uh, woman. I don't mean the uh, middle fingers. I don't mean the physical assault by one of their soy boy boyfriends. Uh, that's just another day at the office for me. But what I said to Efren is... I cannot believe the indoctrination. These girls are hysterical. Some of them were crying, Sheila Gunn-Reed. So at the end of the day, and I saw this is a common comment in the, um, the comment section of that original video, Sheila. How do you save somebody that doesn't want to be saved? How do you save someone that is so indoctrinated that they are screaming at someone, just asking fair questions? Or in that case, you saw the crowd, and I'm sure there were many females in the audience. They were applauding this. They're not my problem. Their collective madness is not my problem. Yep. My daughter's my problem. Exactly. If they, if they can't get over this, that's not my problem. If they have been so brainwashed that they don't see male testosterone as a performance enhancing hormone that's not my problem if you, i can't pull you out of your delusion or rescue you from your cult i that's not my problem my problem is the safety and fairness of the sport for the girls who want to play on an uh, on a level playing field i don't care about the people's feelings and their delusions and their madness i don't i just don't care <clears throat> And Sheila, what I say is this, for those sports authorities that regulate these disciplines like rugby and powerlifting, just say, no, you're a dude. Uh, this person's name is Ann Andres. What is his real name? Because I... I don't subscribe to, oh, we got to refer to their um, selected pronoun and we can't refer to them by their dead name. Oh, no, no. I'm going to call a he a he and wh whatever the hell Anne's real name is, that's what I'm going to call this guy. Uh, I don't know if we can dead name on uh, YouTube, as they say, although I fundamentally opposed, I'm, I'm opposed to uh, playing along with their nonsense, but I just don't know if we can say that oh, i'm just well looking. there you go guys there's the censorious thugs of silicon valley weighing in so you know where they stand but um we'll just go by his surname andres yeah. uh, um and 
What we need, Sheila, I think, is for the, these authorities to lay down the law and say, you got a problem? Challenge it. You know, if you think it's a criminal matter, call the cops. I would laugh to see what the charge is. But, you know, this is really a civil matter or phony baloney court matter. You know, as I mentioned, the kangaroo human's right, human rights commissions. Let's have it uh, way out here. And again, 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 Sheila Gunn-Reed, I ask, where in blue hell are the feminists? They should be picketing uh, these events. They should be making their presence known. Where are the Billie Jean Kings of 2023? That's what I want to know. Martina Navratilova, the Billie Jean Kings of today are Riley Gaines. That's yeah. who they are. Yeah. And Martina Navratilova has, re- has weighed in on this. She's saying this is outrageous. This dude has not even touched a barbell until seven years ago. He's got 20 times the testosterone surging through his body as yep. a woman. The female competitors will be tested for performance enhancing drugs. I'm actually, I don't know about powerlifting. Depends. But in most sports, Olympic sports, whatever. For example, rugby sevens, the females will be tested for performance enhancing drugs, including uh, anabolic steroids, which um, have the uh, androgenic effect of um, testosterone. And uh, but the identified females, they won't get the same testing because their testosterone is naturally occurring. But um, yeah, Martina Navratilova weighed in. Um, This is... uh, this is a new thing to him, and he just walks in and kicks down a bunch of women who have trained for most of their lives for the big day, and he just sort of started picking up a barbell seven years ago and decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this from the women. And uh, Olivia tells me we should throw to a clip of this dude mocking the actual yeah. women, which uh, makes me viscerally angry. But he's a big dude, and what am I going to do about it? What a sick bastard. Um, why is women's bench so bad? I mean, not compared to me. We all know that I'm a tranny freak, so that doesn't count. Yep. And no, we're not talking about Mackenzie Lee. She's got little T-Rex arms, and she's like 400 pounds of chest muscle, apparently. I mean, standard bench in powerlifting competition for women I literally don't understand why it's so bad. Um, why is women's bench so bad? Yeah, I'll tell you why you don't understand. Uh, because you probably you? failed biology. <laughs> you, you know, Sheila, if I would get a laugh out of this if that was a wrestling promo, because that's how it's coming across, right? You got some guy, you know, competing with the divas and going, why are these biological females so weak compared to me, Mr. Wonderful? That's not even, that's something that South Park did. They had Macho Man be be Oh, no, I I remember that. And, you know, Sheila, uh, my son sent me that episode. This is like, I think, two years ago. And... um, Uh, They were surprised because I sat through it stoically and I said, it's not parody anymore, guys. We have um, guys gaming the system. But, you know, the insult to injury of this guy recording a pro wrestling style promo where he's slagging not just his opponent, but, oh, I don't know, four billion people on the planet for being so uh, chest weak. Um, Because, yeah, you're a man 
and they're females and with very limited we, exceptions. We, we don't equestrian... have that upper body strength. Yeah. We just don't. Yeah, like listen, men and women can compete in sports shooting and equestrian and automobile, and each time the leveling of the playing field is another factor, i.e. the gun, the horse, the automobile. That's why the, all the other sports are segregated, uh, and twas ever thus. And if we don't segregate them, Sheila, in our lifetime, if we don't have courageous men and women to come forward, and don't expect to see that from um, Ontario Rugby and uh, Rugby Canada, uh, whose spokeswoman, by the way, um, goes by three gender pronouns, three. So you know exactly where they're weighing in on this debate. If we don't have this happen, I can see in our lifetime the the cancellation of female sports. In other words, you're going to have all the guys that make the rugby team, the male rugby team, that is, and then you're going to have the losers at tryouts go to the women's rugby team, and it's going to be another collection of men. It's going to be the 1A and the 1B men's team, the 1B team, formerly known as the women's team, but still known as that because these psychopaths identify as females. When can we expect somebody to take a stance on this? This is mental illness, uh, Sheila, and these people, once upon a time would have been put in an asylum just with the uh, sort of people that identified as, oh, I don't know, Napoleon or Jesus Christ. And instead, we have the adults in the room bending the knee and going, well, we must be sensitive. If they think they're a female, we must acquiesce to those demands. No, enough of this. You know, do you see it ever changing, Sheila? Or are we going to have to go to court on this? Or, or what's going to happen? Because I just see it getting worse and worse. I see it coming to the event horizon, I think. Um, and further to your point about where are the feminists? Well, the feminists are also Coach Linda Blade and Barbara yeah. Kay, the co-authors of the book Unsporting. And that's one of the solutions they offer is male competition, female competition, and an open competition so that, you know, athletes of all sorts can play against, you know, biological versions of themselves um but anyways their book unsporting how trans activism and science denial are destroying sport uh linda blade is a phd in kinesiology so she actually understands the human body and the effects of testosterone puberty on the human body um and she um was the president of the Board of Athletics, Alberta. Yep. And so she's doing her best to contribute to the um, salvation of women's sports. And Barbara Kay, of course, everybody's uh, Jewish grandma. <laughs> she, uh, <laughs> she, uh, outspoken in defense of women's spaces, um, what the feminists of yore used to be. So you can get their book at unsporting.com. I, I recommend it for all women and the people who love them, but particularly the mothers of uh, female athletes like myself. But really, like, I don't care how but, people live their lives, except insofar as when they make me care. You want to live like that? I don't care. But that does not give you the opportunity to take over women's spaces. That's well, apparently it does, Sheila. And by the way, I know. you are right. Linda Blade has come up with a solution for this. But you know what? 
it's not good enough for these so-called trans women. They want to compete with the biological woman. They really believe or they're pretending to believe they are women themselves. And because I totally subscribe to Linda Blade's um, idea of an open or other category. In fact, I pay cash money as a spectator to watch that. Trans men, trans women, <laughs> steroid <laughs> freaks, human growth hormone. Anything goes, no rules whatsoever, completely open. I think that the would Royal be a Rumble. five ring sporting circus. Gender. Yeah. The Royal Rumble of gender, I would actually watch that too. But to go circle back before we go to an ad break, because we're way over and we need to go to Daniel Smith's great yep. answer in a press conference yesterday. She continues to be the one doing her best to save this country from tyranny through her boldness and her courage. And hopefully it becomes infectious to other conservatives. But circling back to Anne, whatever his original name was, Anne Andre. Um <laughs> He asked what's wrong with women's sport. Absolutely nothing, except he's what's wrong with women's yep. sport. There is absolutely nothing wrong with those women power lifters who cannot lift as much as him. They are perfectly capable female athletes at the top of their sport. There's nothing wrong with them. There's something wrong with him and his sense of entitlement and his, um, uh, what would I call it, uh, neuroses. Um, and his, um, I don't know, his self-importance, that his feelings can change the biological reality inside of himself. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with those women. They are the top of their sport. They just don't have the, the testosterone in their body to give them the upper body strength that he has. And that doesn't make them broken. It makes him crazy. Sheila, everything you said is 100% correct, but here is the caveat. It looks like we live in a day and age where mental illness is contagious because as you remarked when we first played that clip, a predominantly female audience is cheering this male grifter. Yep. They are either indoctrinated or they are so scared that if they don't cheer, they will be labeled as transphobes. They will be canceled. They will be ostracized. That's where we are in society. So until this garbage ends of us bending the knee for mental patients, uh, it's going to continue unabated. Let's hit this ad break and then uh, we'll talk about Danielle Smith. Yes.
how in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening. And it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't in some sense working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement that features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and is occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substances combating this man-made disaster. All right. Now, before we get into the rest of the show, I should tell you that we have a bit of a solution to get around Justin Trudeau's uh, intense internet censorship and his shakedown of the tech companies that is going so catastrophically wrong, which would be fine (laughs) if only Justin Trudeau were affected, but it is affecting the way Canadians consume their news and doing uh, the liberals very best to disconnect us from the people who want to see our news and who are cheering for us to live on every day. So, We're facing an imminent threat, a planned blackout of all news content in Canada, and it's coming to Facebook, actually. It's already here on Facebook and Instagram. It's threatening to silence us here at Rebel News and those who depend on us for the other side of the story. The cause? Justin Trudeau's new censorship law, Bill C-18. That's the shakedown. It demands social media companies pay news outlets for the news stories their users share on the platform. It's a shakedown, as I said, and a desperate attempt to keep the mainstream media afloat. It seems the billions upon billions, frankly, in taxpayer subsidies just aren't enough to keep the country's propagandists for the Liberal Party of Canada in business. But Meta, Facebook's parent company, has chosen to block Canadian news content rather than comply. Rebel News included. And I think this is just the first domino in a cascade that is on its way. Many have already lost their ability to access our Facebook and Instagram pages. They cannot share us either. The blackout will soon affect every user in Canada. But at Rebel News, we're solution-oriented, aren't we? Fear not, we have a plan to protect your access to our news content. We've partnered with a private internet access provider, a PIA. You might know this as a VPN provider dedicated to safeguarding digital privacy for just two bucks a month. Boy, that's affordable. Mm. You can maintain your access to our content across all your devices. And unlike other VPN providers, PIA does not store any user data as it's automatically deleted from their servers to avoid leaks and government subpoenas for information. I had not thought of that, but good for them for having the foresight to do so. Their servers are located in all 50 states and not communist China. Visit <laughs> PIA, so it's PIAVPN.com slash Rebel News and enjoy an exclusive 83% discount and four months free. You can use this to bypass regional restrictions, stream your favorite shows from anywhere in the world, and stick it to Trudeau's new censorship law. Safeguard freedom of speech and your access to the news you love, and join us to combat Trudeau's censorship today. Again, that's P-I-A, 
vpn.com slash rebel news. That's private internet access. What a great company. Good for them. Excellent. And by the way, Sheila, before we get to Premier Smith's uh, comments, I want to give a little shout out to super producer Olivia. She came in to uh, tell me you were going to read that ad. And I got to tell you, Olivia is looking super healthy, physically fit. She's a very avid soccer player, I understand. It's making me a little jealous. So, Olivia, I, I think I might sign up with the opposing team uh, now that we're so <laughs> trans happy. What do you think about that? Do you think you can get around the menzoid out on the pitch? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. oh, the woman would be up for it, evidently. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, you know what? You do have... Uh, I think it's two prosthetic hips, not just one, but That's two. That's right. right. I'm um I'm a reverse bionic man. <laughs> I guess so. You sort of said the same thing to me over the weekend. Like you're like Sheila, you're looking fit and strong. I should have challenged you to an arm wrestle right there. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have lost. Except if I lose, I'll uh, you'll never see my face again in public. And by the way, you'd win. One last thing. This is the thing, what I just said here in jest, Sheila. When it comes to this, Ann Andrews, when it comes to Ash Davis, how could you? How could you do this? How could you carry out this reign of terror on female biological athletes? You know, Sheila, if we were doing like a gag assignment where I pretended I was a woman and I signed up with a rugby team or did powerlifting, um, even though it's shtick, I wouldn't feel good about it. I'd, I'd feel ashamed, actually. But these guys, it's not shtick for them. It's the real deal. And they are completely at rest with their conscience. This to me is unbelievable, but enough about those losers. I, I, I refuse to believe these guys are crazy. I think they're crazy, as I said, like a fox. Mm. They're completely gaming the system, whether or not they actually in their hearts believe they are women. I don't actually care. They know they exist within the biological reality of a male body. Yep. Um, they can subscribe to their religion that says you have a male soul and a female soul. And sometimes God gets the wires crossed, which is crazy. Um, they can, that's a religion, but that's a religious belief. It doesn't really have anything to do with me. And Whether or not their God got their wires crossed, not my problem. Your your soul, whatever you want to claim it to be, exists within the bio biological reality of the body that it's in. And Sheila, as far as I can tell, the religion of transgenderism is the most important religion there is on the planet because you can do whatever you want. You can break laws. You can be treated differently. And it is not frowned on, but applauded. Uh, funny how we got that here in terms of accommodating the uber lunatic fringe on this planet but enough of these losers let's go to someone who is the opposite of a let's loser go to a winner a winner of a, a lady. super winner a, a and real, a biological a, woman i do a believe real lady, a real lady <laughs> yeah. uh take it on the men <laughs> take it on the men she might just be winning yeah. uh let's go to this clip of my wonderful premier so far so good anyway i oh you know like i'm a i'm a avid watcher of politics so i wait Disappointment, as they generally do with politicians. But so far, Danielle Smith is giving the liberals the business. She's not scared 
um, to take on the mainstream media because this comment right here is not just directed at the liberals, but they're enablers in the mainstream media who have said, oh, the World Economic Forum, any criticism of that mysterious secretive cabal of billionaires who admit that that's their plan to control your life. If you criticize them, you are a conspiracy theorist. Uh, she basically said, uh, no, <laughs> no, it's completely normal to criticize them. So let's roll this clip. And she did it in a press conference. It wasn't like behind closed doors. She did it right to the faces of the media who write those stories that you're a crazy conspiracy theorist if you don't trust the World Economic Forum. So With for sounding the alarm on the WEF, um, it's sort of warning all governments, presumably that would include uh, the provincial government in Alberta, um, to sort of be wary of this organization, do you agree with his stance? Well, I can tell you not a single Albertan comes up to me and asks me when I'm flying off to Davos to meet behind closed <laughs> door with, doors with a bunch of billionaires who brag about how much control they have over governments. Not a single Albertan has asked me about that. And yeah. Sheila, I believe her. <laughs> you know, Darn straight. You know, like the only people who care if you're going to... Um, to Davos are the people who don't want you to go to Davos, Davos, so people like me, and the mainstream media who think you're crazy if you don't go. And she's saying, like, look, the outrage of the Laurentian chattering class and the Laurentian chattering class funded mainstream media is completely disconnected from the reality of normal Albertans every single day, and that's who she answers to. And, you know, good for her. Yeah, and Sheila, the common you know, argument by the mainstream media, and they're half right, is that, well, members of the World Economic Forum, they have no real tangible policy. You, Klaus Schwab can't change Canadian law unilaterally. That's true. But here's the thing. When you have this collection of billionaires flying into, say, Davos, Switzerland, oh, by the way, on fossil fuel producing um, uh, private jets, and they get around a table with the actual real elected politicians. It's all about lobbying. It's all about yep. influencing. It is getting to the decision makers to uh, say things like, yeah, you know what, for the little people, um, no more fossil fuel uh, airplanes anymore. Uh, our private jets will be excluded. For the little people, uh, all this cattle you're raising, you know, all this burping and flatulence, it's very bad for the uh, the climate, you know. You mean, so, you mean uh, all, this high, all, all this high quality protein that's essential for the, um, uh, for the health of your body, but also the health of your brain to think your way out of these bad ideas that the liberals keep proposing for you, you can't have that. So oh. they're, using, they're yeah. using the climate scare to make sure that you're weak and mindless. Yeah. That's and, the war on protein. And and I see Super Producer must be reading my mind. Look at this. Irish farmers are being pressured to cull up to 200,000 cows to meet climate goals. Do you think the little tiny nation of Ireland is somehow responsible because I'm of their cattle management? Uh, I'm for shocked <laughs> to find out they have that many cows there. By the way, like, it, usually you keep the steers for beef the cows yeah. are usually for dairy and steer production um but just to like butt in as you were saying that there what do you think that does to the cost of beef for like the remaining beef that's on the market yeah it drives it up for poor people they cannot even afford hamburger now when you've taken 
200,000, let's call them cattle, off the market. Um, That means that the stakes are only attainable for the people um, who can afford them. And those are the rich Davos elite. And you get to eat the bugs or peanut butter. And you know what? That's the thing, Sheila. If you guys are going to preach this stuff to us, can you practice what you preach, i.e., can you, I don't, I don't know, get on a boat and uh, sail to Europe uh, and then, uh, you know, take the train, uh, hopefully an electrical train uh, to Davos? Um, when it comes to protein replacement, can you put down the filet mignon and start chomping into crickets and mealworms? You know, just just for the cam- just while the cameras are rolling, just to make it look good. They won't even do that, Sheila. That's too much of an ask for these hypocrites. <laughs> I know. And then they're mad because Danielle Smith calls them out to their faces on it. They're all upset now because yeah. this smart, thoughtful woman premier won't come in line under the elite men who seek to control the world. And yet again, the feminists silent tumbleweeds rolling past where the feminists used to stand we should jump ahead because we're rapidly running out of time we only have 12 minutes in the show we have a bunch of chats available and the other thing in the youtube headline is an australian convoy i love me a good convoy i got sucked i accidentally got sucked into one reporting on the convoy i was trying to leave (laughs) and then i was one day i like i was reporting at the legislature on a convoy and there was trucks and tractors and it was beautiful and loud in spite of the ban on honking at the time. And I was that's that that's code word for Heil Hitler, as you know, Sheila. I I know who knew there were so many racists (laughs) in the progressive city of Edmonton. But anyway, uh, I got I was trying to leave. And then I'm like, I can't can't leave. I was in the convoy and I finally got into the convoy, made a turn. I'm back in the convoy. It was like three times. I'm stuck in the convoy. People are watching the convoy and they're like, so you like my windows are open or whatever and they're like is that sheila what is sheila doing in the convoy i'm like i can't get out and i'm like i guess everything is the convoy now we're all the convoy nobody can escape it um i did finally get out of the convoy after like an hour and 15 minutes being stuck inside of it um and uh the, the moral of the story is that's going to happen to um potentially Australian journalists um, trying to escape a convoy there. So so maybe we can talk about this. Uh, Yeah, perfect. So we'll just show it. Oh, by the way, I will take uh, exception to one comment you made there, Sheila, the Australian mainstream media journalist being caught in the convoy. No, no, I'm no, just no. saying Avi. Could happen to Avi. To, to <laughs> Avi, yes. But you know the mainstream media, the, you know the way they uh, cover deplorables. You said it yourself. They're like, you know, mutual of Omaha, wild kingdom animal uh, photographers. Uh, you know, the, yes. the guys uh-huh. that are out on the Serengeti and they're filming packs of um or prides of lions i should say uh look at all the people supporting oh, this so this is uh this is taken by rukshan fernando uh this is a large convoy of tractors and it looks like there's trucks there too they turned up um they're from victoria and they've turned up at the parliament house in melbourne to protest against proposed renewable energy power towers and transmission lines that will impact farmers and their land mm-hmm. so this is the um, result of uh, green energy policies now running into the, I guess, the intersection of property rights. So not only are farmers getting um, mugged 
when it comes to green energy policies because of the cost of inputs, right? Natural gas um, uh, is in grain drying, it's in refrigeration, it's in the greenhouses, it's in storage, um, and then it's also in um, in fertilizer. But And then, you know, you have the additional cost of transportation and carbon taxes and all those things. But then you have to put the green energy somewhere. Yeah. And guess where they don't like to put that in the cities because city people don't like to look at all that yucky stuff. Mm. So they put the wind turbines and the yep. transmission towers out where the hillbillies are because we're we're too stupid to know about property rights and to care about how we live. So they just the, we are just a colony. And all we do is produce the food and and house the gross things for the fancy people in the cities who never get off the pavement. And then they tell us what we need to do for the health of the land. You know, two things, Sheila. One is um, you're absolutely right. It's the same in Ontario. It's all these wind turbines yep. are out in rural Ontario. With one exception, yep. I mentioned the Canadian National Exhibition. On the X grounds in downtown Toronto, there is one, one little turbine. <laughs> and I always I've try been to pass told it on this. the way to the airport. Well, you know what? I, I have to research this, Sheila, because I was told the amount of power it produces is enough to have that little red light bulb flashing so that planes don't fly into the turbine and there's no surplus. Don't quote me on that. I got to look it up. But what is the distance? You know, I really don't know that much about Australia. Maybe uh, Avi Yamini can educate me when we're in Israel next month, Sheila. But what is the distance from Victoria to Melbourne? I have no idea. I really don't. I don't have a clue. Um, I don't know a lot about Australian geography, but just so that people realize this is not an exclusively Australian phenomenon. Um, and I think now the city people, at least in some corners of the world, might be getting it because um, in 2020, the city of Edmonton and I drove past this atrocity the other day. Uh it was it's on the west end and it's in the river valley and it's sort of off the anthony henday uh, freeway so um it's not really in the heart of downtown edmonton it's still sort of like hidden away from the sights and sounds of the people who decide these things they put a forty-five thousand panel solar farm in the city's river valley um, it will generate renewable energy to power the E.L. Smith water treatment facility. Hmm. Um, but at its peak generating, which is a rare instance here in Alberta, uh, and it has to be like summer and one of those times where we have some sunlight until like 11 o'clock at night, it'll have a capacity of 12 megawatts. Um, and it, the thing is... Um, it, it barely provides enough, I think it was um, enough energy to power the water treatment plant for just, I think it was maybe one to a few hours per day at the peak of generation. And it was just, so the rest of the time, it has to have backup, normal backup fossil fuel generation power. Um, and they said it'll help us reach our climate goals. But you just put 45 thousand toxic solar panels i think it was like 11 acres of solar panels and one of the most pristine river valleys in north america and it's hideous and what happens if just one of those leach they, it leaches into the river 
uh, maybe hopefully the water treatment facility is not being powered by solar power at the moment when it needs mm. to clean out the toxic chemicals out of the water because one of the solar panels leached. They don't know how to deal with the solar panels after the fact, and they just stuck these all in the river valley. And the people who are like, no, you can't build pipelines are like, look at us. We saved the planet from toxic chemicals. So what's the point? It's ridiculous. And by the way, there is I, because it's just green virtue signaling. Yeah. A hundred percent. By the way, as you were speaking, Sheila, uh, super producer Efren uh, slid along a stat indicating, and this can't be right. Is this right, Efren? Melbourne and Victoria, the distance between these two cities is 41 kilometers? That's a 41? lot of diesel fuel in those tractors. Those guys <laughs> must have left yesterday. It can't like, be just... They can't be that. Australia's a whole continent. I thought you'd have to be like Mad Max and have one of the last of the V8 interceptors to get from Victoria cool. to Melbourne. Also, I could cycle I was... 41 kilometers. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't want to drive a tractor 41 kilometers. That's, uh, you know what? For people who don't understand, those tires on those tractors are not designed for pavement. Those are turf tires oh. designed to not chew up your field. They don't handle heat and pavement well and like okay so yeah like i would not those are not highway driver tires I those see. are and immensely expensive i bet you they're the calcium filled ones uh i just i hope they trailered those tractors in because that's a lot of wear and tear on your tractor by the way i was wrong i thought the solar panel farm was 11 acres but it's 51 acres in in Edmonton's most pristine river valley, it's one um, wow. like we avoid development in the river valley because we pride ourselves on the network of trails and it connects you to other communities. And then so when you're like on your way to Devon in the river valley, try not to get fried or poisoned by the solar panels down there. Unbelievable. And by the way, speaking of uh, you mentioned this uh, uh, several months ago, Sheila, how the passage of time can have the effect of turning villains into heroes. We were talking about the 1978 Superman movie where Lex Luthor was going to trigger the San Andreas Fault and have California <laughs> slide into the ocean. And uh, he speculated on Nevada uh, desert land that will become beachfront property overnight and make a killing. And given what's happened in California under Gavin Newsom, that's kind of a good thing, isn't it? Getting rid of California. And likewise with the road warrior, the humongous, who was the villain, you remember him, the guy, mm -hmm. for some reason, the Australian outback wearing a goalie mask, but I digress. That famous speech, there's been too much pain, too much suffering. Just give us the oil. <laughs> And all will go. You know <laughs> Remember when we did entire movies about the dangers of us running out of oil? Yeah. Well, now we're doing it to ourselves on purpose. I don't want to live a Mad Max lifestyle, but that's what's going to happen if we're like, let's go green too fast. <laughs> yeah. So uh, show a little love for Lex Luthor and the humongous folks. They were just ahead of their time. That's all. Well, Sheila, I think Wait, you Lex mentioned. Luther, we might... By the way, man, that guy is just shrunken, hasn't he? Sorry, what was that? Lex, real, like Lex Luger, as we were, uh, like, you're just talking there, and I was, that just, like, triggered a WWE thought, because oh. that's what happens in my brain. Everything leads back to WWE. <laughs> At, like, earlier I mentioned Macho Man, and, and Lex Luger's really a shrunken, shrunken individual now. I haven't Anyways. seen him recently, but you know what? I, I mean, Sheila, uh, the sad reality of, professional wrestling is that when these athletes get into their 50s typically they just 
their body wears out on them. They die in their sleep. They you know, die. they're just, they die. it's yeah. so sad, you know. Um, How is Ric Flair still alive, by the way? I just watched a video <laughs> of him talking to a therapist about, um, by the way, my buddy Mike I, sends, we just, we communicate nearly exclusively in clips from WWE back and forth. That's how we like talk about our feelings with each other. Anyways, um, this clip of Ric Flair talking about how he told a psychologist in like 1989 that he had been drinking like 10 beers and a bunch of vodkas every <laughs> night for like, 10, like 20 years. And he said by the time he was done, the therapist was on the couch and he was doing the counseling. <laughs> well, that's great. I think your best uh, wrestling comparison, Sheila, is when uh, you compared me to Bushwhacker Luke, uh, who holds yeah, the right world record right for the shortest right amount of time in the, <laughs> the Royal Rumble. Boy, what a backhanded compliment. But Sheila, I understand we have some chats we must get to. We do. Let's see if we can breeze through these because I need to cut an ad for Kian. Uh, trainer, Mike Trainer gives us five bucks. Thank you, Rebel News. Well, thank you, Mike Trainer. Appreciate mm. that. Thank you. Sanun, Saninu. Boy, by the way, I had to read some very difficult names at the student journalism conference, and I butchered like 90% of them. So, kids, if you're watching, I'm very sorry. Um, you've had, you have some very creative parents, and um, uh, I'm, I'm just sorry. Uh, anyways. That, that's code uh, word by Sheila, by the way, folks. Creative parents uh, for some of those names were, um, how shall we put it, too ethnic to pronounce properly. <laughs> You know, and I did say that and I said, uh, like, look, I'm I'm from Alberta. And so if it's a Ukrainian name, I'm going to nail it. I can nail a Ukrainian name like nobody's business. But if it's something else, I'm, I just I struggled. I struggled and I hope nobody took it personally. Anyways, Sandy New gives us 10 bucks. Well, that's awful generous. Menzies and Sheila, you're you're both rock stars. Love wow. meeting you, Menzies, at Tamara's book signing in Toronto. Folks, oh. please go watch Sound of Freedom. Pedophilia is not a sexual orientation. Shameful. Yeah. Go watch Sound of Freedom just because the liberal doesn't want you to. Yeah. That's and, you know, Sanu, thank you very much for the donation and the compliment. And uh, sadly, uh, he is on to something, Sheila, uh, at no less a level than the United Nations. Uh, they are now all about trying to rebrand pedophilia. Um, oh, did you see the Michael Corrin comment or column? I did not. Oh, predictably Michael Corrin, by the way. Um, that guy will sell his soul for anything, and I suppose that he has. Um, Michael Corrin wrote uh, this article saying uh, the far right's obsession with pedophilia is dangerous. And I was oh. like, to whom? the To whom? The pedophiles? Good, I hope so. Like, think, yeah. The far right's fixation on pedophilia is dangerous. In the um, Globe and Mail, I can't believe they published this by Michael Corrin, who just keeps getting more and more progressive as he chases the almighty buck. That guy does not believe in anything except lining his pockets. That's it. It breaks my heart, Sheila. Uh, I know Michael. We work together. I would consider ourselves friends. Well, I, once upon a time, I no. suppose. It, it, like you said, um, the way he will embrace a chameleon-like attitude when it comes to money and enrichment, uh, it's sad. I don't want to knock the guy. I, I, I try to. I do. 
I do. I, I heard what I, he I did to well, you know what, our Sheila, friend. It's, it, it's I like I, I, I just try to think of the good days, you know, uh, even 10 years ago uh, when we were simpatico. I, I, it's almost as though this person, it's someone that's being uh, replaced a la invasion of the body snatchers. Like, where is the real Michael Korn? And if you think I'm being there mean to him, There is no folks, real Michael. I think we're actually seeing the real Michael Korn <laughs> before that was the facade he took on to... Uh, line his pockets with money from devout Catholics when he presented himself as a devout Catholic while simultaneously converting to the Anglican church. He was still doing talks for, for Catholics in their parishes as a Catholic because he wrote a book called, I think it was called why Catholics are right. And he had already begun the process of converting to Anglicism um, because um, he was happy to take the money Yep. From Catholics while being something else. It, he Whatever he was before is just a character that he played. And I think now we're seeing the real Michael Corrin, staunch advocate for the uh, minor attracted persons community, I guess. I, I don't know. I think this is gross, but I, I don't know. Like, Andrew's talked about it publicly, so I, I don't feel strange saying it. But also, I also feel strange saying it. The treatment of Andrew by Michael Corrin, a man that he looked up to on live TV. And if I'm not going to give all the details, just go to Andrew's uh, Twitter account and you can find it there. I just don't want to read about it. It's not my story to tell, but Andrew did tell it. So um, what a hideous, horrible individual Mm -hmm. Michael Corrin is. I hope I never meet him. And, and, you know, everything you said about him professing to be Catholic while taking, uh, while converting to um, uh, another Christian faith. Uh, by the way, is it the United Church he's in? Because he used to mock that all the time, or he hasn't gone no, that far. I don't far. know. The United Church is a self-help group at this point. I don't even think they have crucifix. I don't. For sure, they don't have crucifixes, but definitely not a cross. I don't know. It's a. It is a really like a progressive support group, which is fine. But I don't know why you should get the same status as a church. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But no, no. But I just want to say to back up your point, Sheila. If uh, anyone's doubting this as a matter of fact, Father Raymond D'Souza several years ago in the National Post wrote an absolutely scathing column. Um, So if you want to Google that, folks, if it's out there in cyberspace, you can see that uh, Sheila is by no means exaggerating. Yeah, he summed up my feelings about Michael Korn in a more highest Christian manner because boy, Michael Corn makes me want to be a bad, bad Christian. <laughs> Just bad. Uh, anyway, uh, let's keep going. Uh, Freedom Honey. That's my friend, Mike. And hey. his uh, beautiful bride to be Sherry. Uh, gives us five bucks. Uh, looking forward to the day when the transcendity cult wakes up. It's just sad that so many kids have been sacrificed to it. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's it. Um, although I, that, I, I think, um, we, as I said before, I think we're reaching the event horizon. I think these people have pushed their luck a little bit too far. And uh, hindsight being 2020, the longer we get away from the onset of this social contagion, the more we see the societal repercussions in the suicide rates and the regret. Um, I think now we're starting to see those things manifest. The things that crazy people like me predicted would happen, uh, they are happening. I don't have a crystal ball. I have a crystal brain. And uh, I think I think we might be getting to where 
the bubble of this nonsense finally bursts. That's my hope anyway, because every great tyranny falls. And this is a real tyranny. And and Sheila, uh, this is my position. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Say I believed trans rights or or trans women are real women as the uh, activists chant ad nausea. Let's say I believed, yeah, trans women should play in a sport uh, that is for biological females, even if uh, he, she, it is crushing them. Here's the thing. Don't you think that there might be some men out there with nefarious agendas, i.e. they can't make the male squad, so they're going to pretend to be trans? And being trans today, being a woman, it just means saying, I identify as a woman. You don't have to take any hormones or puberty blockers or have your genitalia sliced and diced. You just say, uh, I'm a woman, and therefore I'm a woman. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, okay, he's a woman now. Um, so here's, that's the thing I'm getting at, Sheila. Why is this movement so naive to think there wouldn't be nefarious male grifters trying to game the system? That's what I say. Because because the nefarious male grifters are in charge of the movement. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Um, Probably right. Let's keep going. We've got a few of these. By the way, Dave Shrigley, uh, one of the smarter people. (laughs) <laughs> the company corrects David and says, Victoria is the state. Melbourne is the capital because uh, David is not up on his uh, Australian geography. But yes, uh, that's like Victoria no. is the state. Melbourne. Yes. It, you're telling me there's no city of Victoria in Australia. Victoria is the state. Melbourne is the capital. So where did this so 41 like kilometers saying, come from? I don't know. It's like saying, what's the distance from Ontario to Toronto? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Hey, Efren, you better check that that the stats you're giving me in live time. Oh, that Dave Shrigley curses foiled again. <laughs> yeah, no, we wouldn't want to be right about anything on air. Thank goodness. <laughs> <How dare> you. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. Uh, Sharon Donner, seventy-eight, gives us a buck and says, "Anne Andre's face." Sure look like a female to me. I don't care how female his face looks or how male mine might look. Doesn't change the biological reality inside of his body. And that body went through testosterone puberty. It's got bigger bones, more muscle mass, bigger heart, bigger lungs, um, and just more upper body strength. And I guess uh, lower body strength, too, because we're talking about uh, deadlifting. So, uh, like, uh, like, I don't care. Like, you can get whatever done to your face that you want, to make yourself look more feminine. I don't care. That's like when they just attach boobs to these dudes and they're like, I get to use your bathroom now. Nope. It doesn't change anything. (laughs) I don't care how much, how much time you spend on your hair and your makeup. And I don't care that you um, all of a sudden change the uh, weights to pink on the bar doesn't change anything for me. No, no, but Sheila, I get the point because whether it's Ann Andres, whether it's Ash Davis, um, at least as much as we have contempt for Busty sure, Lemieux, he he's actually trying. He's putting on those Zed cup breasts. He's putting on a wig, uh, tight fitting cycling shorts. He's trying, you know, tons of uh, makeup on his face. He's actually trying to pull off a female appearance, albeit a grotesque character. 
caricature of a female. But that's how entitled these guys like Ash and Andres are, Sheila, that they can be obvious males. There can be male pattern baldness setting in, five o'clock shadow, Adam's apple, a little bit of a bulge where a bulge shouldn't be on a woman if you catch my snowdrift. And uh, hey, uh, I'm Miss America. Deal with it. Give me a break already. Don't because there are these guys winning beauty pageants because they have <laughs> feminized their face and now they are the epitome of ideal female beauty, apparently, according to the people who judge these things. Uh, let's keep going. Okay. Uh, yeah. Istvanko gives us five bucks praying for the couple who lost custody of their son in BC from Drea's report. That is pure evil and medical tyranny. Yeah, you can tell these parents really love their their child. They just thought there were other treatments available. And we hear from parents all the time. I know a, a family right now. Um, their family was told that their new granddaughter would be incompatible with life, is what they said. And they advised the parents to abort her before she was born. They said she's not going to live. Doesn't matter. Does just it's, it's it's basically it's not worth it yeah. to have this baby. She's still alive, and that I think we're approaching a year. Horrible story. And I mean, it's almost a fate worse than death, right? To have the state take away your children. So it's not as though your children have passed away, but they do exist. They are alive and you don't have access to them. Um, Sheila, as a mother, uh, could you imagine living that nightmare if someone were to have taken away Riley as a young girl? I mean, how do you cope with that? It, it's, it's such a tragedy. Um, yeah, and then there's this father who spoke out about this child transition. He wins appeal. Um, it's just medical. What is going on in BC? <laughs> like, what yeah. is going on in BC? That's two stories from Drea this week yeah. where the medical system is uh, taking good kids or good, well, all, I think kids are generally good, but taking kids in some sort of medical or psychological crisis away mm. from parents who love them and that they think they know better than the parents on Unbelievable. all things. Anyways, let's keep going. Uh, Cause we're way over time now. Uh, we've got uh, um, a free chat. See, I said we would read ones that were under uh, five bucks if we had time and we did. And I said, we might even read free ones. So we've got a free one here from AMT 60 <laughs> who regularly donates also. So we're going to give you a freebie. Yeah. Uh, it looks like David has lost a lot of weight. When I saw him in an interview, his whole body looks thinner. He must be biking and working out. Well, you know what? You are right on both counts. Uh, but twas ever thus, for some reason, uh, it seems to be that I am losing weight. Shall I get that a lot? Um, I... Uh, Try to get my fat ricotta cheese candy ass on that bike saddle as much as possible because summer in Canada is such a perishable commodity. And by the way, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, Sheila. I think I mentioned it once to another Rebel News uh, personality. Um, as much as I'd love to be a competitor in the Tour de France, I'm nowhere near a world-class cyclist. But that's okay because I'm shorts. reaching out. Just, <laughs> yeah, just get some pink shorts. You're a lady. Put your, oh, no, 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 uh, oh, you no. You have no. the boobs. Uh, no, no. Even um, even the gals on the Tour de France would whip my butt. Uh, I know when I'm beaten. So I'm going to write to the Tour next year and say uh, I have a motorcycle that identifies as a bicycle. And uh, <laughs> that's what I'll be riding on the Tour. Not only will I be able to compete, I'm going to set a world record. 
I jest, but just ever so slightly, given the level of transanity we're at right now, eh, Sheila? Uh, by the way, uh, Dave Shrigley, again, uh, you know, he should get some credit <laughs> as a producer of this show some days. Uh, Dave Shrigley dug up a photo of Lex Luger before and now. Oh. We show Do that? we have that? It's in the chat. I thought I saw it on one of the screens earlier. Yeah. Like, you, you'll be shocked. But, you know. Yeah, but, you know, a, Sheila. He had, a, he had a very bad injury. Yep. He's obviously off the steroids. Um, but he did have a very, very bad injury. And now I think he works in um, uh, athlete, uh, like, well-being for WWE. So oh. to make sure that those things don't happen to any of the new up-and-coming and, coming and uh, veteran athletes now. And to quote Kamala Harris, the passage of time, the passage uh -huh. of time. <laughs> well, look at you're obviously getting more frail. <laughs> you're shrinking. Anyway, I think we're all done. We're all caught up. It's 16 minutes after uh, Olivia or Efron. We're, we don't have any more chats, do we? No, we are free and clear. Thank you so much, uh, Sheila. And thank you to Efren and Olivia, our super producers. And thank you to everybody that tuned in, especially those of you who uh, gave a few bucks. It's how we keep the lights on here. Uh, we're certainly not relying on that windmill we put on the uh, ceiling to generate electricity. <laughs> but don't imagine? tell uh, the McGinty Wynn acolytes that. Uh, folks, I'll be here tomorrow with, um, I, it might be, is it you, Shamara? It is Tamara. Tamara. Yeah, we substituted Tamara Tuesday, so it's a, a Ugolini Wednesday instead. Uh, and in the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane. Um, since 2016, more than one in five superior court appointments have donated to the Liberal, uh, Federal Liberal Party um, previously. And now this is a position legal experts contend is a stepping stone uh, towards earning a Supreme Court nomination. Uh, in light of the federal appeal on Bill C-69, the unconstitutional draft regulations and a potential relitigation of the carbon tax. Are there concerns from your government that the Trudeau Liberals could use the Supreme Court as a partisan dumping ground to serve uh, against the interests of most Canadians? I, I would hope not. I, I would hope that when somebody gets appointed to the bench that they, they take that seriously since, I, as I understand it, they're there until age 75. And I would hope that they would look at the case that is before them. The problem we have right now is they've been given direction by the federal government to allow for a catch and release on even the most serious criminals and crimes. And that's one of the things we want to see the, the federal government amend. We're going to be working with the other provinces to make that happen. They've committed to doing it. There's two new ministers, and we'll hold them to that. But we're, we're going to, to really uh, make sure that we press on what we can do within our own area of provincial jurisdiction. Policing is provincial jurisdiction. Administration of justice is provincial jurisdiction. And so you may have seen that our Justice Minister, Mickey Emery, last week talked about having a special prosecution unit so that under all circumstances, when somebody is a risk to the community, we are going to use every mechanism that we can to keep them behind bars until they face trial. So we're, we're going to see what we can do with additional policing, additional resources for justices of the peace, um, additional prosecutors, as well as the special prosecution unit. And I, I hope that that will send a, a pretty strong message about, um, about how tough we want to be on crime in this province.